Welcome, feathered friends. Step inside my walking robe and let your imagination run wild. Listening to Busting the Pack. This podcast is proudly sponsored by the WA Magpies, Collingwood Supporters Group and Gym Services. Your place to share your personal black and white stories as a pie supporter and, more generally, stories about not giving up or having a passion project in life that might inspire others. We want you to feel a sense of ownership in this platform and welcome any contributions and suggestions by emailing bustingthepack at gmail.com. Each Busting the Pack episode is released via the WA Magpies Facebook and web pages. In this week's episode, you will be treated with the second part of the Best of Special from the 18 Busting the Pack episodes in Season 1. Well, on with the show, a passion project. Last year, I was planning to visit Melbourne for my Easter holidays, and then COVID hit. Before I knew it, my wanderlust was now limited to no further south from Perth than Mandra, which ruled out a cheeky getaway in the southwest. Taking a positive out of a negative, this unintended staycation became an idea for a passion project. Inspired from overseas media images of people on balconies creating music for their neighbours in lockdown, each afternoon about 5pm I would sit in a chair with my guitar on the balcony and play to whomever was listening. It was also a regular time when people below were getting their hour of daily exercise. Going for a jog, a family taking a leisurely stroll or riding their bikes, And let's not forget all those dogs lapping up the attention. This was the highlight of the day for me. Doing some people watching and becoming more confident in playing the guitar. During the day I would sketch out a few cover songs I would have a go at. No singing, just an acoustic guitar. That you get out of it what you put into it. A bit like life. If you are walking along the river, the wall of my balcony was just high enough that you would only see my head taking in the sights and sounds. Whether the birds got chirpier, the dogs craned their necks to find the location of the music, or perfect strangers all in this together had no idea what was being played, you will have to ask them. All I can say is that after 30 or so minutes each day, For 14 days of giving the gift of music in self-isolation, I felt energised, and that was a priceless experience no lockdown can ever take away from me. My next guest was a member of the Collingwood Cheer Squad in Melbourne at age 8. She has been responsible for IT productions in the uploading of weekly episodes of the Busting the Pack podcast and is a current committee member for the WA Magpies. Famous for her catch cry of, Miss, Miss, Miss. 
as she puts a hex on opposition set goal kicking attempts. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda Bellucci. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. How did you become a member of the Collingwood Cheer Squad in Melbourne at the tender age of eight? Um, I think it all started with Dad's travels uh, to Melbourne back when I was at that age. He um, used to go to some of the games and he met some people and found himself in the cheer squad. So when I was finally a little bit old enough to go over there, he um, took me and, yeah, ended up being in the cheer squad. It's good times. Um, so what was involved in being a member of the cheer squad and what are your fondest memories? Uh, one of the main things of being cheer squad is making the banner every week. Um, we used to go to, I think it was a church in Richmond. We'd meet up on a Thursday night, order some pizzas. Everybody from the cheer squad would get down there, make the banner, have some banter with each other. Sometimes um, one of the players, I think, would come along as well for a pop-in and just have a quick chat if they weren't playing that week. Um, they weren't checking the spelling, were they? <laughs> we won't talk about that. No. No. Sometimes, over that one. sometimes it's deliberate. <laughs> um, we also have to be very passionate chanting during the game. So whether we're winning or if we're not doing so well, we have to be loud and proud supporters. Let the boys know that we're there. Um, we've also... Uh, made some friends for life in the cheer squad too. Uh, I've got a couple of good friends that we make an effort to go and see outside of footy as well every time we take a trip to Melbourne. Um, But one of my fondest memories is probably uh, being on the MCG for a packed house, um, putting up the banner on Anzac Day, just having 90,000 people, like you can just feel the electricity in the air when you're on the ground, 90,000 people, the emotion of the day, it's just fantastic. You can't beat it. Couldn't have said it better myself. You can't beat that live. Just that raw, primal, ah, oh, yes, the ball. Yes. Um, where were you when you first came up with the famous cry of, Miss, Miss, Miss? Um, we actually figured this out not too long ago the other day, actually. Um we was at uh, a pub that the WA Magpies supporter group used to be at back in 2009. Um, it was the Inglewood Hotel. And uh, funnily enough, it was against Hawthorne at the time. Oh, and the piss and poos. This guy just would not <laughs> stop. So I think from memory, Hawks were kicking fairly badly early on in the game. And this guy was really annoying us. So I just decided to go, miss, miss, miss every time they went for a shot and it started to work. So it was really annoying, this guy, and I thought, right, I'm going to keep it going. So that's how it all started. <laughs> oh, I like that origin story. Um, before I close the interview, is there anything you would like to say to the Busting the Pack audience? Yeah, I um, just want to say thank you to all our listeners, whether you're a regular listener or you're just tuning in for the first time. Uh, thanks for listening to us, guys. It means a lot. Um, also, thanks to Jason for all his hard work getting this up and running and organising all the interviews and things like that, all the behind-the-scenes editing. And I know it takes up quite a bit of your time sometimes, but thanks a lot for all of your hard work. I'm becoming very good at multitasking at my actual work. So oh, I nice. To, I have to uh, thank my boss for that, definitely. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Also... Thank you, Rob. <laughs> 
Also, uh, from what I've seen of the analytics of the show too, we also have a couple of international listeners. Oh, is that right? Yeah, there so a couple back over in the US, and I think that stems from your interview with the New York Magpies too. Ah, uh, yes, one of our earlier ones, uh, Connor Delves from memory, yeah. Yeah, so thanks for listening, guys, and keep spreading the word. Um, also, um, we're really interested to hear what you've got to give us in terms of feedback or sharing your Collingwood stories as well. Um, we do have prizes, so we want to give them away. Otherwise, Jason's going to sit on $50 gift vouchers and re-gift them for Christmases and birthdays. <laughs> Damn it, she's, she's worked it out. <laughs> I do the exact same thing too, don't worry. So, and, and just one last thing, uh, listeners, is that even though this is about Collingwood and football, it, it's not primarily just limited to that it can be you know you know inspirational stories about where you know you haven't given up you know you busted the pack and you're like wow I achieved that I don't even know how I did that but I didn't give up and you know and just passion projects in general you know we'd love to hear about you know different passion projects um people are doing uh that's uh, that's what we're about so thanks for having a chat Amanda no worries thanks for having me Jason my pleasure my next loyal and passionate Collingwood supporter guest originally knew nothing about football and supported the Fitzroy Lions in the Victorian Football League days in Melbourne until he saw the black and white colours of the Magpies, which hypnotised him. Come Saturday afternoons and his dad would listen to the footy on the radio as he worked on the car so he could get to and from his job and put food on the table for the family. I still have a copy of the email he sent me in my production file, which I use as inspiration for this passion project. Welcome to the podcast, Tony Nolan. Thanks, Jason. It's good to be here. My pleasure. Um, when you get that inevitable, if I had a dollar question in Perth, why do you go for Collingwood? How do you respond as a loyal and passionate Pie supporter? Well, Jason, it goes way back. Um, I go back to the 1960s when I first um, living in West Preston in Victoria, in Melbourne. Um, as a young lad, I didn't know much about football and the local lads all barracked for the Fitzroy Lions as that was their, their hunting ground in those days. Right. Um, so there I was um, supporting Fitzroy until, of course, I became aware of the black and white colours of Collingwood. <laughs> and there was no choice after that. I just yeah. love the Collingwood colours and I love the Collingwood spirit. And ever after, I've always been a Collingwood supporter. Um, and in fact, in those days, um, when I grew up, we had Dad um, uh, working to raise our family. And we used to listen to the radio because we didn't have any TV until I was um, nine years old. We got our first TV. So up to the age of nine, there I was. Yeah. Um, listening to the radio as dad was working under the car and I was handing him a spanner to keep the car on the road to go to work. Yeah. And um, we'd be listening to whatever game was going on Saturday because they played all the games on Saturday. Yeah. Um, whatever games were being played. And, not um, like these days. No, not like <laughs> these days. You floating <laughs> fixtures. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, it's quite... Going a bit crazy. That's right. No, mm. it was pretty... Um, pretty straight in those days on Saturdays. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was our recreational time, quite frankly. Um, yep. It was our outlet. Um, it was nothing better than to listen to a game of footy on, on Saturday. 
I still have a copy of that email you sent me in the early stages of this passion project. How did you feel when you first heard an episode of Busting the Pack? Impressed, very impressed. I loved it. It was just um, something about the raw, that raw and that introduction. It's um, There's something inspirational about um, the podcast and I love listening to it. I, I love hearing the interviews. Um, before I close the interview, is there anything you would like to say to the audience of Busting the Pack? The first thing is to um, just to acknowledge um, the great work that you've been doing this season in the podcast. It definitely has kept Thank you. my interest um, in the season alive because with COVID and all that stuff going on last year and again this year, um, <clears throat> it really has been quite an interruption, you know, following the footy season and watching the mm. clubs and all that yep. going on. Um, so I'm... I'm actually totally delighted uh, with, the, with the fact that I can listen to the podcast. It just it gets me going again. It gets me interested again, um, you know, from week to week. And I really look forward to uh, listening to more of your podcasts. Um, and I get, I'm actually interested in um, just extending your podcast out to my friends and family because oh, please I, do, I, you I, know. I really like them that much that uh, I'd like... I want all my friends and family to enjoy, mm. um, you know, uh, what your podcasts as well. Well, that's what it's about, you know. You know, this kind of period is, is very much about building an audience. You can only build something if you regularly deliver. So every week, for whatever quality or length, there has been an episode. There has been. And at the start of every episode has been that song. Absolutely. Keep it going. And it's an earworm. I love it. <laughs> That is going to be Collingwood's de facto club song. It could very well be. But that's for another uh, that's for another episode. I love it. Um, yeah, I love it. Just over here in WA to have Collingwood, you know, um, this WA Collingwood Magpies Club is, is great. Well, yes, and we're going to have to get you down to the high part one day mm. to, to uh, watch a game with some loyal and passionate supporters. Yes, I would welcome um, that. With the WA Magpies. So thanks for having a chat, Tony. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. G'day, WA Magpies. Thanks for the support and uh, go Pies for the rest of the season. Hopefully we can do well. Cheers. Okay, yeah. Thanks a lot, Brody. Thanks a lot for signing the jumper and all the merchandise for us. We're all hanging in for you and we know you're the best in the West. Uh, thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Thanks, mate. guys. Thanks, Brody. My next guest shares a house with a Fremantle Docker supporter. He regularly attends the Hyde Park Hotel to show his support for the mighty magpies. And in 2019, he found himself in the Collingwood change rooms at Optus Stadium, soaking up celebrating a one-point win over the West Coast Eagles. Welcome to the podcast, Skiles. Thanks for having me, Jason. What is your fondest memory watching a Collingwood game at the Hyde Park Hotel? Oh, God. Um... Because I seem to go there a lot. Um, I'd, I'd say the one that actually stands out the most was um, in 2018, a prelim against Richmond. Because I remember before I left to go to the pub, I said to, to uh, my partner that, you know, this will be our last game for the year. We weren't expected to win. You know, Richmond were expected to trounce all over us. Um, oh, so you weren't you weren't rating us in the prelim? Not in that one, no. Um, I was there. I'll uh, never forget that. It was. Uh, that was unbelievable. Mason Cox, you know, <laughs> his his probably best game. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, look, the whole team just stood up that game and, and not only winning it, but absolutely trouncing them was even, um, yeah, was more pleasing, that's for sure. Can you give the listeners an idea of what it felt like to be in the heart of black and white territory in the winning change rooms after a nerve-wracking one-point victory over the Eagles? Oh, most definitely. It was, um, I remember getting the, a text message through from, um, from Peter Bellucci, um, basically uh, letting me know that I'd won uh, an early, pri- early bird prize draw um, for that year, and that prize consisted of um, uh, two tickets into the change rooms before the game. Um, so oh, we wow. sort of got to sort of um, see their warm-ups, that sort of stuff. Um, and mm. the really cool thing about that particular evening was it was John Noble's first game um, for Collingwood. Yep. Um, his mum and dad had made the trip over. I think they were living in Brisbane at the time. Um, and they'd made the trip over to Perth for, um, for the game. So, you know, being in the rooms for his jumper presentation... Um, you know, sort of getting to see the players do their stretching and warm-ups. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. Um, but for me, the best part about it was the marketing guy for Collingwood came up to me and said, oh, look, you know, he had two post-game entries to the rooms as well um, for people that hadn't turned up. And so, yeah, me and my friend said, yep, we'll take those. Um, and then, um, as you would, I mean, why would you say no? I heard you were uh, trying to take over uh, BTs, doing well, a bit of roaming. Eventually, yeah, but uh, as we were walking out of the rooms on the way back to our seats, we said, oh, God, wouldn't it be really good to be back in the rooms after a win against the Eagles at Optus? Yeah. But, lo and behold, um, you know, sort of uh, a couple lose. of minutes out, it was it was anyone's game still. Um, mm. I remember going down in the lift back down to the, get back to the rooms and this um, lady in the elevator kept blaming Dean Margetts for... Um, the Eagles losing and I just said no what cost you the game was the fact that you didn't score as many points as we did so therefore we win it Um, (laughs) and then getting into the rooms afterwards was you know unfortunately didn't get there in time for the song Um, but Mm. you know got there and um, back in you know the sort of rounds when BT was doing his roving mic afterwards and I'm sort of standing next to uh, still side I'm having a bit of a chat to him and next thing I know I've got a camera shoved in my face and I just stepped out of the way. I thought, no, I don't really want to be on, on telly. Unfortunately, I end up getting my mug on TV. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I think the players tolerate BT going around and doing that sort of stuff. I don't know whether it's their favourite part of the game because they're, um, the mood in the rooms was really good. They're all catching up with their, um, their family and friends. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Chris May being a, a Perth boy had his family there and, and you know, they were just all so... You know, extremely happy the fact that um, yeah, we'd beaten the Eagles. Yeah. Um, so finally, would you like to say anything to the Busting the Pack audience before oh. closing the interview? Oh, look, just you know, support this podcast for one thing, because um, I think it's a great idea. Um, I think get down to the hidey and support the team um, loudly and proudly. And you know, sometimes we you know might yell that much that I can't speak the next day, um, but. Uh, <laughs> It's, that's not a bad the thing. Surprise passion. Yeah, but that's it. It's, it's, I've always been loud and supportive of the team, um, and I'll always continue that. But, yeah, I just want, you know, like-minded uh, Collingwood supporters and members to do, to do yeah. the same thing. So, you know, get down to the hidey and support the team. Yeah, for good and bad. You know, this is where you see who the really law, mm. loyal supporters are, not the, uh, not the fair-weather ones. No, and there seems so. to be a fair few of those uh, when you read some of the comments on social media. It's like, oh, you know, support yeah. the team. Well, like, that's, support a whole, the team. that's a whole different can of worms. Yep. Um, <laughs> so thanks for having a chat, Scott. No, thank you, Jason. Been great.
My next loyal and passionate Collingwood supporter has been a member of the Black and White Army since he was 10 years old. He is also a member of the State Emergency Service, a voluntary organisation, and will be presented his 35 Years of Service Medal this week, surrounded by the unmissable bright orange of their uniforms. He also shares the same name with the current Pies player, taken in the mid-year draft last year, and plans to get the number 9 put on his supporter jumper to mark his 70th birthday. Welcome to the podcast, John Noble. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, my pleasure. Thank you. So I remember when I got to watch the West Australian Football League team Swan Districts train at Bassendine Oval, which is now called Blue Steel Oval, and then the coach John Todd and all the players signed a black and white football for me in the change rooms afterwards. How did you make that happen? Well, strangely enough, I just walked up to John Todd and said to him, uh, John, can you sign this football for my son? And uh, can I get some of the players to sign it as well? And he just turned around and says, not a problem. Out came the pen and on went the signatures. It was, uh, it was quite good because he had no problems whatsoever. So before I close the interview, is there anything you would like to say to the audience of Busting the Pack? Maybe something about the role of the, uh, the State Emergency Service for listeners that might not actually know what is involved. And it's not just um, people hanging off roofs, even though they are very important. There's actually a lot goes on coordinating with the different emergency services. Um, so what's your current role as you were obviously no longer hanging off roofs and getting called out in the, uh, in the wee hours? Yeah, yeah, well, there's a lot of roles. It also involves searches for lost people. Um, yep. There's also floods. Um, you'll probably see a lot of these floods over east, and even the bushfires. Mm. We support the um, the fire, fire brigade and the bushfires. We uh, support the police in searches. Um, we've even been on searches where they're looking for drugs and things like that, so... Yeah. Basically, the police, the fireys, ambos or ambulance, and everyone like that. We all, we all have our little roles to pay to um, yeah. make sure we can do some good. So, what's one of your fondest experiences from a call that you had no idea? You get very minimal information on your page. Uh, you just pretty much drop everything. You you have to sometimes get time off work if mm. need be for the full time workers that also um, you volunteer in their time. What's, what's one of your fondest memories, being in that um, bright orange <laughs> jumpsuit? <laughs> being in that bright orange jumpsuit. You, you, can't, well, you can't miss, you can't no, say we didn't see you coming. No, definitely not. But no, well one, of the, well, one of the most satisfying times would have been Mora, which I think was um, 98 or 99, I'm not sure which, but uh, we had yep. the big floods of, at Mora, Mm. After a cyclone went through, and um, and we just went up there, and just the, I, I thought we'd just driven into the uh, Sydney Harbour. Actually, <laughs> there was that much water there, yeah. and um, and we just basically we went to our motel room, and we got woken up early in the morning when the motel flooded, and that was it. We had to rescue people from yeah. nursing home to hospital, and so it was an extended tour of duty that year. Did not realise 
yeah, the extent of the damage until you actually got into the war zone, if you like. Yeah, well, m most most of the callouts are similar to that. They they will tell you that we've got a flood, but they won't tell you anything about it. And uh, no, if they give you too much information, you might yeah, you might pick and choose what you want to go and uh, that's what right. you want to go and star in. Oh, how many? Uh, how many TV crews are going to be at that one? Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, there was a TV crew at Moore, and I happened to be in the. Uh, well, I usually say the wrong wrong place at the wrong, wrong time, time. But yeah. it must have been the right place at the right time. And I got film um, rescuing a, a young baby that was uh, was on a drip, and uh, wow. So and nurse behind me, she was trying to keep on her feet. I was trying to keep on my feet. Yeah. But but we we rescued the babies and. Um, and apparently it went worldwide, so... And it's a good example of a priceless experience coming from, uh, you know, doing volunteering work, you know, giving yeah. up your time and energy for something, you know, that you, you feel passionate about, you're giving mm. back to the community. Exactly. And, um, that's very important and um, needs to be uh, reiterated every now and again mm. that there's more to life than just chasing the, the almighty dollar. Um, mm. Yeah, well, thanks for having a chat. Dad! <laughs> no, no worries. Thank you. My pleasure. Are you having trouble getting that sparkle back into your pool? Jim's Pool Care can help out with any pool problem. With just one call, Jim's Pool Care mobile pool shops will respond to any pool equipment problems. We can repair or replace all leading brands of pool equipment, such as pumps, chlorinators or automatic pool cleaners. So if you're thinking pools, think Jim's. Call 131546. Or Google Jim's Pool Care and book online. My next guest has barracked for Collingwood since 1968. He attended the 1981 Grand Final with a crowd of 112,000 people and has been to a further six Grand Finals up to 2018, cheering on the mighty Magpies at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. You can't question his passion as a loyal member of the Black and White Army. Welcome to the podcast, Terry Brooks. Okay, thank you, Jason. It's uh, really good to be here. My pleasure. So in total, you have been to seven grand finals at the MCG. That's pretty impressive. What were the emotions of being at the last grand final, which was a draw in 2010 against St Kilda, and then doing it all again a week later in a rematch that saw Collingwood win their first premiership in 20 years? Uh, when the final siren rang, um, it, it was just flat. You know, people with speeches right around the ground and uh, people are going for their phones trying to, to uh, see what the deal is regarding tickets for the next week. And, yep. and no, one, no one could get a, uh, a phone call in uh, because the phones were just jammed. And, mm. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, my mate that was with me... Uh, he said, come on, let's, let's get out of here. And I said, no. And I said, look, I just want to soak this up. This may never happen again. And uh, sure as eggs, it's not going to happen again. There will never be another uh, drawn grand final. And, but the following week, um, mm. uh, I was able to get time off work again to uh, be able to uh, make the trip. And uh, yep. uh, we got to the ground and uh, it, it was dominated by Pi supporters and 
And uh, in, in fact, um, uh, there were a couple of saints uh, supporters sitting in front of us and what was otherwise a, um, you know, St Kilda, uh, sorry, a, a Collingwood block. And, mm. and uh, we kept on saying, Are you guys, are you, you guys, are you sure you're in the right place? And um, then these two guys came along and uh, they were Pi supporters and, and it turned out the Saint supporters were in the wrong place. And uh, <laughs> my mate just said to them, you know, can't read, can't write, can't do anything. <laughs> That's the Saints for you. Say no more. Um, you said in the Pies versus Eagles rivalry episode number three that you made the round trip by car to Melbourne from Perth for the 2018 Grand Final. Do you feel that was the one that got away? And what was going through your mind on the drive home? Uh, it certainly was the one that got away. We got uh, got ahead of them twice, uh, first in the first quarter and uh, last time uh, after being basically equal at three-quarter time, mm. uh, we got away from them in the final quarter and uh, we just couldn't nail them. And um, I, I was filthy about uh, the decision against Maynard. In fact, it wasn't a decision against him. It, it should have been a decision for him oh, yes. as, as he was blocked out when uh, Sheed uh, took the mark. And once Sheed had the ball, I knew that he was going to drill it. And um, yeah. uh, the, the Eagles are my pet hate, as they are for most uh, uh, <laughs> Western Australian pie supporters. And, <laughs> here, here. And, uh, yeah, oh, it was just awful. We uh, uh, took it took the uh, train back to Ballarat where our car was and mm. uh, just found ourselves a quite little bar somewhere. And, yeah. um, and the drive home uh, was was pretty ordinary, you know. I, I was there with my mate, I was there with my daughter and her yeah. partner and, yeah, just just the drive. And yeah, we, we, we pepped up a little bit uh, late on Sunday afternoon and, and the unfortunate thing was was that uh, we, we tended to crisscross the uh, Eagles uh, uh, cheer squad. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, uh, we, we, we copped a bit. And yeah, I can imagine. There's nothing that you can say, you know, nothing. No. Thanks for having the chat, Terry. Uh, thank you, Jason. Thank you for having me. My next loyal and passionate Collingwood supporter guest is related to a famous surname from the machine era because of the organised and consistent way they played. During this 15 year period between 1925 and 1940, the Pies dominated and played in 11 grand finals and won six premierships. This was also when they won four premierships in a row between 1927 and 1930 a feat which has yet to be replicated. And in 1929, they finished the season undefeated. Brothers Len and Frank both feature on cigarette cards in 1933 and are now immortalised when they were inducted into the Collingwood's Hall of Fame in 2016. She is the granddaughter of these famous sons. Welcome to the podcast, Alicia Murphy. Hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure. How old were you when you first made known of your famous relatives, Frank and Len, being a part of the machine era, and what was your reaction? Um, I probably 
first knew when I was a, a child, my dad took his dad, so my granddad is Frank Murphy, took him over to Melbourne to visit Collingwood and I think um, have some interviews. And they brought me back this little Collingwood toy. It was a Collingwood clown. Um, so that was when I was about three or so. But I probably really got into football about when I was about year eight or so, year seven, year eight, kind of just getting into high school. And uh, my first Collingwood game I went to would have been, I think, 1994. Yeah. And I think it was uh, Tony Shaw's last game. Oh, okay. Over here. Yeah. Um, did Frank and Lend ever mention that they had their profile pictures on cigarette cards in 1933? No, um, I. I think there's quite a few actually from from different years. Um, yeah, I've be. found a few. There's a lovely shop which is unfortunately currently shutting down um, on Smith Street in Collingwood, which okay. is actually an increasingly kind of trendy area. Mm -hmm. um, and there's this memorabilia shop. And then every time I go to Melbourne, which is usually at least once a year, yeah, before COVID, um, I'd always rifle through there and find these little cigarette cards and bring them back for for myself and for my family. So it's quite sweet finding this old memorabilia from such a long, you know, we're talking almost 100 years ago. Absolutely, So it's yeah. quite sweet that you can go into a shop yeah. and still dig them up. And it's a very important point you make, you know, this this is like getting near the almost 100 year mm. anniversary of this, um, well, of the four in a row. Um, it's, it's getting close, that's for sure. And it's good to have someone like yourself who's got that, you know, kind of, family history. Yeah, it's like living to, living know. history, living memory. Yeah, and to share with the audience and I hope, you know, they really get something out of it. And, and who knows, there might be other people out there that, that know other members of the machine era to put forward their uh, perspectives on, on uh, knowing those players. What are your recollections when Frank and Len were inducted um, posthumously into the Collingwood Hall of Fame in 2016? It was really lovely. I thought it was quite an honour um, for them to recognise players from such a long time ago. Um, nice that it was the brothers together because they're not as famous as, you know, someone like Gordon Coventry. Um, yeah, well, this is the first time I'd come across them. Yeah, and I think um, because Frank, I think he was a fairly unassuming, you know, fairly quiet yeah. kind of guy. And because he moved out of Victoria as well, perhaps he was not on the radar. Yep. So I think when, when we met Eddie, he wasn't even aware that there were some direct descendants left because oh, he didn't, okay. I don't think he knew about the WA connection. Yeah. Um, so it was really lovely. My parents and I went over mm. and also dad's sister. So my auntie and some cousins went over. So a little family reunion of this kind of Collingwood tribe went over for it. And it was a season launch as well. So all the, the team kind of gets introduced and they get their Guernseys. They have speeches and Eddie Maguire did, um, did speeches for Gavin Krasiska, who also got inducted, and a nice presentation on Frank and Len. And then we, um, we met some of the players and had a nice chat with, with Buckley and Maguire, and he was really lovely. Like, my dad was there showing him some old photos from back in the day, and Eddie you know, really gave everyone the time of day. Um, so it was a really nice night. It was okay. very special. Um, before I close the interview, is there anything you would like to say to the audience of Busting the Pack? Um, just to hang on in there. I know this year's been not the best for lots of reasons. I don't think they're very far off. There's a lot of upside. There's lots of good young kids. Um, and they've not really had any huge thrashings. 
That is I think true. they'll turn it around really quickly. We, we still haven't been beaten in by no. more than six goals. Yeah, and, and two losses by a point. If a couple of things had gone differently, exactly. they'd be fighting for a spot Especially in the Especially early in the season. Mm. That makes a that makes a big difference. That kind of momentum, and just on the um, just on the future, you know, the the green shoots, if you like. Um, just on the weekend, um, Collingwood played their eighth and ninth debuton. Yeah, for the I year. think it's great. So, you know, I think that's you know a bit of upside to the, um, I guess, a disappointing year. But hey, if we knock off Eagles this weekend, it's all happy days. <laughs> so yeah, just keep keep the faith. So. Um, Thanks for having a chat, Alicia. No worries. Floriette Pika. Thank you. Hey, Trey Roscoe here. You might know me from my mum's words of encouragement when I was selected to play my first game for Collingwood. She also said I should listen to the Busting the Pack podcast by the WA Magpies on their Facebook and web pages. Also, listen to your mum. Go Pies! Well, feathered friends, that concludes... Season 1 of Busting the Pack. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Keep getting involved. And until next time, always remember... Passion. Persistence. Perspective. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. J signing off. Good old Collingwood forever. We know how to play the game. Play the game! Side by side we stick together To uphold the magpies. Oh good boy me. See the barricades are shouting. As all barricades should All the premierships are cakewalk For the good old Collingwood